So that's Rubber Duck with Money Leaves here on Red Radio. So what we want to do with Red Radio is obviously make sure that the students are kept in the loop. And um, during this time, I think it's majorly important that our mental health is looked forward to, um, looked after as well. Um, so I think that's that's some of the conversations that we want to be having here on Red Radio. So joined on the line now is Ryan Cooper, who's the clinical psychologist at Red Hill School. Um, thanks so much for joining us. It's a pleasure, guys. Thank you. So, um, Ryan, I just wanted to ask, so during this time, um, obviously a lot of students are going to be feeling cabin fever. There's going to be a lot of emotions that haven't been felt before. How do we go about combating these, the, this, this unknown time? A very good and big question. And I think that the idea would be to start off in a quite a self-supportive way. So what I mean by that is tapping into what our personal and specific issues are, whether it's cabin fever, whether it's frustration at being at home, whether it's anxiety around online schooling, whatever the particular issue is, it's important to identify personally what it is you're dealing with. Um, In terms of coping mechanisms, I think there are infinite ways to cope. So Again, what's really important there is to choose things that suit us and ultimately help us thrive and to build our resilience. So there there are many things we can look at. Obviously, there's distractions or diversions, things like uh, hobbies you could do at home or cleaning things out at home. Um, There's social things we could look at. So talking and communication becomes ever more meaningful at a time like this, creating a very caring community and environment. Uh, connecting more meaningfully through words um, and actually supporting others as well. When we're sometimes feeling a little um, overwhelmed, sometimes reaching out and hearing how somebody else is doing can actually be quite uh, cathartic for both both parties. Um, I think the idea in terms of our thoughts and our mind is to be be as flexible as we can, Um, that this is a period of adjustment. And it's normal that there's going to be some anxiety, um, quite a bit of uncertainty. It's really important to normalize these feelings for ourselves. It doesn't mean we're doing something wrong. It means we're learning something new that we have no real roadmap for. So it's the idea of planning, brainstorming, checking that our attitude is is one of I can or I can keep trying. allowing for mistakes, allowing for frustrations, and instead of getting ourselves to it, rather taking a breather, taking a break, and revisiting that situation again. Um, And then lastly, it's really looking at sort of your physical tension, physical and emotional releases. So physical, you're exercising as best you can at home. It's lovely to get quite creative and see all the things you can actually do. Mm. Make sure the basics are there, that you're getting enough sleep, you're eating well, Um, And emotionally, in terms of release, allowing yourself to cry if you're frustrated and fed up, allowing yourself to laugh, um, doing things like meditation, um, proper breathing work can be very, very helpful at this time in just helping us uh, feel stable, feel calmer, um, and then sort of provide us with a little bit of perspective. And spiritually as well, connecting with nature or connecting with something bigger than ourselves. Uh, whether that's through self-reflection or prayer, uh, whatever that might be. But those would be sort of your basic coping mechanisms from where to begin. And then the idea would be to tailor-make it to your specific 
needs um, and to what specifically works for you. Wow. I'm just, I'm a little bit worried about those children that aren't allowed to feel anxious. You know, in a lot of families, um, children are told that anxiety doesn't exist and to completely ignore it. I just wonder what advice you'd give those children. Absolutely. I, I really agree there. I, I hope some of the parents would be listening. <laughs> you know, feeling <laughs> anxious, our emotions, uh, our emotions in any way are not wrong things. They are things we're born with. They are innate to us. Um, they separate us from many other, if not most other species. So our emotions are not there as a weakness or as something we should try and, and get rid of. They're actually there as part of our system, our intuition, our ability to cope. When we're feeling anxious, it's the body's alarm system going off, telling us there's an intruder or there's a threat. It's actually an area we need to uh, explore, much like you would if an alarm system went off in a home. So anxiety can be quite an, a meaningful response in in a you know in an force for people and in emotion. For for people who are stuck at home and feel that they can't really share those emotions freely or outwardly. This is a really, really beautiful opportunity to build a relationship with yourself. There isn't a more important one in life. If you have your own back where nobody else understands or people cannot connect with where you are at, but you understand how you're feeling and you can validate for yourself that these feelings are actually meaningful, they're valid, they have a place, and they're important to acknowledge. They're important in terms of our self-awareness. The more self-aware we are, the more control we actually have over these kind of situations. Um, and other than that, if, if people are in real distress, we've got a lot of therapists on campus that can be reached. Um, so I would encourage anybody feeling overwhelmed and, uh, and unsupported at the moment to get hold of us. You can, uh, rcooper at Rayter would be my address, but... Uh, and you can get hold of me there, and from there I can direct people to other therapists or assist them myself. So I wanted to ask um, if someone, if you find, um, I think also zooming out of Red Hill, because I think it's amazing that um, if you want to, within Red Hill, contact the therapist, I, I, I'm pretty sure that all the contact details have been posted on Facebook. So you are open um, in order to chat about um, those things. But I wanted to know from you if a student um, knows of someone else or during this time, a family member gets into a real crisis and there needs to be some um, you know further steps taken where can they direct that because I think that also stems further out um, past uh, a lockdown you know where would be the best lines or the best people to phone during yeah. a crisis situation okay yeah fantastic question so you know, real life still continues and some of these, uh, you know, these bigger traumas need to be dealt with. So you would actually deal with them very similarly to how we would outside of lockdown. That being, there are places like Lifeline or Childline um, that are still available to be uh, there and that would require a phone call. Other than that, your clinics, your Akisa clinic, um, they are still, as far as I'm aware, actually taking cases and, and dealing with families. So in significant cases, um, and if it is sort of considered, you know, um, a really big crisis or trauma, 
uh, you would still probably meet face-to-face, albeit at a distance, um, but you'd have to be assessed properly in a casualty or hospital setting um, where they have psychiatrists, psychologists, uh, you know, everybody. So I'm not sure if that answers your question specifically. No, I, I think that, that that answers the question of where you can contact um, if there is a crisis situation. I mean, anything um, else from your side, Tux? I wanted to ask about um, the school has done amazing progress in trying to help, especially matric students, cope with the work. I'm just still worried about the children that have depression, have anxiety and can't get a hold of um maybe the help that they need because they're ashamed or they're nervous about it. How would they contact someone? How would they contact you? How would they, how are we as um, a school helping them feel safe to come forward and get the help that they need? Excellent, absolutely. I think that it does take an enormous amount of courage when you are you know, already feeling depressed or anxious or any other mental health issues. Um, I think there's initially a lot of self-doubt whether people should reach out, whether they shouldn't. Um, and I think that, you know, we shouldn't ponder too long on that. I think if we are asking ourselves more than two or three times, should I be reaching out? The answer is yes. Um, in terms of reaching out where to, in your environment, I think you can reach out to anybody that is safe for you. So even if it's starting with a friend or a family member, um, that is a great place to start. Um, it could be, as I mentioned earlier, getting hold of a teacher or myself or a mentor, somebody in your environment that you feel comfortable with. So there's a lot of teachers, I think, that um, kids gravitate towards. And I think that as long as you kind of reach out to an adult who is um, someone that you feel safe with and who is responsible, um, they will assist you with the next step. So I think that's the biggest part. Um, confidentiality is still a very important part of the process. So it's something we, we take quite seriously. Again, not sure if that, if that answers you specifically. No, I think that was a perfect answer. Could I ask just one last question? <laughs> um, what about the children that may contract the virus or children that have family members that may have even died from the virus? How are we as a community going to support them? Oh, absolutely. I think we're going to see more and more um, support groups, support forums for this as it as it sort of plays out. You know, I think whilst we're in lockdown, things are uh, being contained to a certain degree. But I think when uh, lockdown is uh, relaxed or shifts quite a lot, we, you know, I, I think we're going to see a lot more. So very, very importantly there, I think that people that are watching a loved one suffering any kind of illness. Um, There is huge uh, stress on that person. So therapy or some kind of support. You know, therapy isn't for everybody, that's fine. But there are people in the community, people to talk to, and getting information on it. Um, I think that's really, really important. It's super important to take care of yourself if you are a caregiver of somebody who is perhaps unwell. I think a lot of it as well is, is trying to stay as positive as we can for now. There's been um, I'm gonna you know, overwhelming one amount of... Hmm. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. 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 Please carry on. There's been a lot of recovery. A lot of people have recovered. 
Um, so there's a lot to be positive about. Um, in terms of grief or bereavement, again, uh, you know, there are, um, through your psychologist, through, if, if you look online, your child um, lines, there are crisis counseling centers um, that will actually work over the phone. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of resources available. So again, I think um, it's a good and comprehensive website that could be useful. You could look at the Health Professions Council, the HPCSA website for some information. Um, CISA, um has an excellent website as well. Um, medical aids would actually have a little bit of information too. Your Heathrow Clinic would have information or otherwise Childline or Lifeline or to email directly to a therapist or school therapist you already know of um, yeah, to, to get some contact numbers to generate some support. Thank you so much, Ryan. Um, we really appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to come speak to us as students. Um, Tuesday with Taki on Red Radio. Broadcasting live.